And we back in this thing like we left some. Welcome back, y'all, to this week's episode of I Got a Story to Tell. Thank y'all for joining me again this week. Thank you for everybody who reached out, giving me feedback uh, on the story from last week. Um, after today, one episode left for the season after today. Next week's episode will be the final episode of the season. And then we will be gone for eight weeks. Eight. Ocho. Eight of them things. Um, so. This week's album of the week is one that I've loved for a long time. Long time. Um, I remember it dropped and me listening to it and feeling like this is a perfect album. Um, the reason I felt it was perfect, A, because all the songs were dope, but it was concise. It was like 10, just boom, 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 just 10 cuts. Um, and back then, you know, Kaz was putting out 16 songs and 15, uh, 20 songs and some of them be bullshit. But it was to the point, 10 songs. That album is D'Angelo's Brown Sugar. That album is so dope, so dope. Uh, so again, this week's album of the week is Brown Sugar by D'Angelo. And that's all I got to say. So without further ado, let's get to this story. I got a story to tell y'all. Let's go. This story takes place, we'll say the early 80s. I'm a young kid living in the Fay Apartments in Cincinnati. And I really fell in love with baseball around this time. And the reason I fell in love with baseball is watching my older brother play for the Panthers at the time. And watching him play, more specifically, the first time I watched my brother play down at Solway. Solway was a baseball park down on Spring Grove in Cincinnati. And on Saturdays, a lot of the inner, inner city league teams would play down there. And going to see him play there, I was like, oh shit. Like I had watched him play little league football and that was cool. But something about watching baseball made me be like, damn, this is dope. And he was a catcher. His favorite catcher at the time was Gary Carter. My brother loved that Mets team that won it all that year. You know, the team with Gary Carter, Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden, Keith Hernandez, uh, Mookie Wilson. Like, that was his squad. That was his team. And so watching him play, I just fell in love with it. And I used to watch and be like, damn, I can't wait till I'm able to play Little League Baseball. And it finally came. The time finally came. I played for the Fay Eagles. My coach, God rest his soul, was Russell. 
Russell was, you know, mean, always yelling and shit, but I didn't care. I didn't care that he yelled and was mean. And all shit. I was just happy to be playing baseball. And so my first little league game was down at Solway. I get there and just the visual of it. Right. So you got the baseball diamond. You got the fence out in the field. Right over the fence is a drop off because you got the mill creek that runs down through the city right there. You look up the hill a little bit and there's the trains going headed toward Union Terminal and the train yard by the viaduct and all that. Right. And if you look up even more, there's 75, they, the expressway. So you got cars going by. So that was the visual. And it would be Saturday and baseball. And all. So it was so dope. And I just loved it. And as time like went on, I fell more and more and more in love with baseball as a kid. Now, even though I'm from Ohio and football is king to us in Ohio, like we love it. Ain't nothing you can you can't persuade nobody in Ohio that football ain't it. But there was just something about that time when baseball was it. So even in my neighborhood, in the hoods, right? Kids play baseball. In our hood, we play baseball on the basketball court behind Mr. McLaughlin and Wanda, uh, their crib. So we would take a garbage can lid off somebody's garbage. That would be home plate. First base was the clothesline pole by Mel and Craig's crib. Second base was the opposite end uh, pole where the basket was on the basketball court. That was second base. Third base was this huge rock that was like embedded in the ground. And we would everybody come outside with their gloves. We somebody have a bat and we have a tennis ball and we would play. That's how we played. And we loved it. We loved it. I was infatuated. And so also around that time, I got hugely like crazy into baseball cards. Now, I got into baseball cards, not just because I love baseball. But because it was my opportunity to put eyes on the like the good players or the great players that were in the American League. So, for example, baseball is cut into half like you cut it in half National League, American League. Right. Being that I lived in Cincinnati, all we got to see was whoever the Cincinnati Reds played. The Reds were a National League team, so they played National League teams. So. That's all who I got to see when I watched Channel 19, the Reds would be on, you know, whatever time or whatever. And they would play National League team. So I got to see all the stars in the National League. But if I turn to WGN and if if the, the White Sox weren't on and only the um, the Cubs were on, I got to see National League again. So having baseball cards gave me the opportunity to put my eyes on who the stars were in the American League. Now, I would know their stats based off looking in the Cincinnati Enquirer or the Cincinnati Post, the newspaper. Or if I saw their highlights on the news at night or watching Sports Machine, they would show their highlights. Or this week in baseball, I would get to see them. But on the rare occasion, you know, I got to see them. It was dope. So the best day of summer as a kid was the day the Major League Baseball All-Star Game came on TV. It was the one day you got to see the stars from National and American League play at one time. And I would run home to watch the All-Star Game. Because A, I never got to see these people. But B, my favorite player 
was Don Mattingly. My favorite baseball player of all time is Don Mattingly. He played for the Yankees American League team. So I would get to see like people I didn't know play and all of that. And it meant so much because those American League players were like mythical almost. Like we didn't have access to our stars like today's, you know, people do. Like there was no social media, so you didn't know what, you know, Kirby Puckett was doing up in Minnesota. Or you didn't know what Wade Boggs was up in Boston eating for dinner because he took a picture of his play. Like we didn't have that. So without access to those stars, they were bigger than life. And the All-Star game was the way I got to see those people in person almost, even though I'm sitting at home. So we would run home to watch the All-Star game. And so, like I said, Don Mattingly was my favorite player. Played first baseman for the Yankees. That 1989 Yankee team is to this day my favorite team, period. My favorite Yankee team, period. And they didn't, you know, they didn't win it all. Or not, but I just love that team. And I would, you know, check the box scores for when they played or whatever. Like, I still remember that team. Like, a catcher was Don Slott. Uh, first place, first base, Don Mattingly. Second place, second base. I'm sorry, um, was Steve Sachs. Shortstop, um, Alvaro Espinosa. Mike Pagliarulo was at third. The great fucking Ricky Henderson played left field. Roberto Kelly, who would go on to change his name to Bobby Kelly and all that shit, was at center. Um, Jesse Barfield was in right field. And the DH, if I'm not mistaken, that year, I could be wrong, but I, for some reason, I think I'm right. Uh, Steve, um, Steve Balboni, I want to say was the DH, but even on the bench for that team was coach prime. Deion Sanders was on that bench. How Morris was on that bench. And I became a big fan of his when he became a Cincinnati red, uh, Luis Polonia was on that team. So you had like, you had a connection to like baseball teams and baseball players back then. And I just became like crazy in love with baseball. Um, even like the older kids in the hood, they played for this team called OIC Stars. And I would watch the older cats like Masai, um, Brian Nichols, Donnie, you know, Donnie Broach, all of them. Like I would watch these cats and be in amazement like, damn, they cold. It was just something about baseball. And that love for baseball would just like grow stronger and stronger and stronger. And every step of the way, like I felt like my brother had a connection to like my love for baseball and what it used to be. So I had to give y'all all that the backstory. Right. So let's get to it. So. I'm in seventh grade at the time and. I'm playing baseball for it's like this little Catholic league playing for this Catholic uh, church. They had church and school um, called Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi Catholic Church. It sits on Springdale in Corain Township. And I'm playing and my brother, I'm playing first base again. Don Mattingly, favorite player. Um, I wanted to play first base like Don Mattingly. And so my brother's keeping my stats. And every game I come home, I tell him my stats, whatever, whatever. And he's super excited for me. And also around that time, 
my addiction and love for baseball cards is like out of control. Like there's a store over in Northgate Mall called Coins Plus, and they sell coins and baseball cards. And when I tell you every dollar I got, I would go over there to buy baseball cards. Like, I still remember going to buy the Billy Hatcher rookie card from over there. And like, I would get like a Beckett where you could look up the price and how much cards were worth and how much they cost and all that shit. And I would look it up to see how much they were worth and how much, you know, what was what. And I would stare at that. Like, I would go through that thing like all night and plan out and write out on a piece of paper. I'm going tomorrow. I'm buying this baseball card. I'm going tomorrow. I'm going to buy this, you know? And so it was crazy at that time. Like I loved it. And I remember one day I go over there and there are a bunch of guys like older white guys in the store and they're looking at coins and some are looking at baseball cards. And the guy who's, who's working there, he's talking to a couple of the guys and I'm looking in the glass cause they had this sliding glass with the cards all in like these plastic hard cases. And I'm looking, looking, looking. And they get on the conversation about Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray um, had a thick ass mustache like old boy from the Whispers, um, who's arguably the greatest switch hitter in in baseball history. Right. And they're talking about Eddie Murray and how good he is and yada, yada, yada. And the guy who works there says, yeah, but I hear he's an asshole. And I'm like, oh, shit. And the other guy's like. No, I don't think he's an asshole. He's real direct. He's real honest. You know, I met him at a card show. He signed autographs. He's not an asshole. He's just real direct and speaks his mind. And you got to love that about people and all that. So I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Time goes on. One of the greatest gifts I ever got for my birthday. My brother becomes a ball boy for the Cincinnati Reds, right? Go check the tape. Ask anybody. One birthday, my brother brings me a pair of batting gloves and an autographed baseball by Barry Larkin. My favorite Cincinnati Red of all time, Barry Larkin. One of the greatest shortstops in Major League Baseball history. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm ecstatic. Like, I, I can't believe this shit. I'm like, oh, shit. This is crazy, right? So that's the second time my brother showing up, strengthening my love for baseball. Like it's it is what it is. And so the older I got, the less friends I had that really like stuck to baseball. Like the two best baseball players I knew growing up was my boy Keys and Duck. Now, they played for like select teams, <coughs> excuse me, select teams Um Keys played for the TS Bulls growing up. Duck played for the Cardinals and briefly for this team called Midland. Like they were next level good, like unbelievably good. And so, but like I said, older I got, can't start focusing on football and basketball and shit like that. And really like backed away from baseball. But I still had this love for baseball, right? So anyway, my brother gets me this gift and I'm like, oh shit. This is amazing. Like. It's amazing. I remember my brother and I, and I need to hit him up to see if he remembers this. I remember my brother and I caught the bus down to Riverfront Stadium and we watched um, the Reds play the uh, 
Montreal Expos. And uh, it was like we sat up in the red section. So you had the colored sections, like seat sections in the stadium. Like green was close to the field. I think it was green. Then you had the blue section, if I'm not mistaken, was next up. Then you had yellow and then red was always always at the top. And the red seats were cheap. I mean, like you can get a red seat ticket for maybe six, seven dollars. But just going there, watching the Expos play the Reds with my brother sitting up high, just sitting there watching the game was like amazing to me. It was amazing. And I've been to a gazillion like Cincinnati Reds games over the years. Right. So to get that Barry Larkin autograph ball was just so like crazy. And I'm like, damn. And over the years, my my love for baseball slowly like started to like wane and go away. Until early 2000, my brother and I are in Houston. This is my first time in Houston, Texas. And we're riding and talking, whatever, whatever. And we're riding on 610. That's a that's a expressway here in the city. We're riding on 610 and we come around the corner. And my brother says, hey, Mike, look. And I look out the window to my right. We're on 610 West for my Houston people. 610 West headed toward like the Galleria and all that. Y'all know where the Papados is by NRG. Or by Reliant, whatever was NRG now. Well, anyway, I look to my right and what do I see? The Astrodome. When I tell you my heart like skipped a beat and I just fell quiet. I'm like, oh, shit. The reason I'm feeling this. It takes me back to a kid. When I was a kid, I remember watching the Houston Astros play. With Jose Cruz and all of that on a Saturday of the game of the week. And it was the first time I had seen a baseball park in a dome, right? Most baseball parks outside, you look up, you see the sun. If it rains, they call the game. You know, it was the first time as a kid that I saw a dome park. And I remember hearing people call it the eighth wonder of the world and all of that. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I remember how that feeling was when I was a kid and I saw the Astrodome for the first time. And I thought it was the dopest shit ever. And now this is my first time seeing it in person. And it threw me back to when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I couldn't even say anything. I just fell quiet. And it was one of those feelings where you just think back like, damn. I remember when, you know, I remember when I first saw this and that's the feeling I'm having again. And slowly that, you know, feeling and all that shit wane. I mean, shit. Now I drive past it a million times and I'm just like, oh, shit, that's Astrodome. But after that, my love for baseball, like slowly just waned even more. But something was about to happen. Something was about to happen. So. This is early 2000s, maybe oh, six or seven, maybe. 
At the time I'm dating a young lady. And me and the young lady, you know, we've been together for a hot second at this point. And she's told me, you know, hey, um, my uncle was involved in baseball, played baseball. Um, I got a cousin that played baseball. Um, you may know my uncle. He's famous for this tirade that he had after a game and all that shit. Right. I'm like, word. So her uncle is Hal McCray and baseball fans. Y'all know who that is. Y'all know when he went ballistic. I want to say he was coaching with the Royals at the time after the game, tearing up shit, throwing the phone, all that shit. She didn't, you know, of course, that's that's her uncle. It's not how we view it, you know, as this famous person. It's just her uncle. So she tells me one day, she says, hey, my uncle's coming to town. Now, at the time, I'm living in Cincinnati at this point. She says, hey, my uncle's coming to town. He wants uh, us to meet him for dinner. I said, OK, cool. So about a week passes, he's coming in town. So I'm cool. It's going to be dope to meet him, whatever. I've met famous people, been in rooms with famous people before. I ain't tripping no shit like that. But I'm like, all right, cool, dope. So the night before that we're to meet him the next day for dinner, she says, hey, we're going to meet my uncle at his friend's house. He has a friend who lives here. They, you know, knows through baseball and all that. Um, we're going to meet him for dinner at, at their house. I say, oh, OK, no problem. So the next day comes. It's time to go. Get dressed, all of that, and we go. We drive over to this area in Cincinnati called Pleasant Ridge. Pull off on this back little street I've never even knew existed in Pleasant Ridge. And we get to this house. Nice house, all that. We get out. There's an older, light-skinned woman comes to the door. Hey, how you doing? Talking to the young lady I'm dating. I ain't seen you since you was a little kid and all this shit. Hey, how you doing? Cool. We come in. I look over on the couch and I'm like, oh, shit, to myself. Oh, shit, that's Lee May. Now, for those who don't know, Lee May, uh, black baseball player, played for a few teams, better known probably for playing for the Cincinnati Reds, but he's there. She walks over. Hey, how you doing? You know, talk. I'm like, oh, shit. So. Walk over. Mr. May says, what you drinking? Now, I'm trying to be respectful. You know, I don't want to drink. And I'm like, nah. like, what are you drinking? I said, nah, I drink whatever you. Do. OK, he's drinking Cuddy Sark. I've never had Cuddy Sark. So I'm like, OK, cool. I'm drinking this shit. We talking, laughing. I know who he is. Like, I know who he is. We having a good time. Doorbell rings. Who walks in? Old girl's uncle, Hal McCray. I'm thinking to myself, damn, this is dope, you know. Hal McCray walk in. Hey, nice to finally meet you. You know, nice as can be. Nice. Oh, nice. Shout out to Hal McCray. And shout out to Hal McCray. Thank you for the dinner at Morton's the next night. But anyway, him and Lee May are sitting there and they're talking old baseball stories back in the day when shit wasn't wood like it is now and all that. And I'm just sitting there like absorbing all this shit. And I'm a little kid again. I'm this little kid again. Like, God damn, this is dope. The phone rang. Mr. Lee May's wife answers the phone. She hands it to Lee May. 
He laughing. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, Hal over here. They talking, shooting the shit. Gets off the phone. He says to Hal McCray, your boy say he about to stop buying a little bit. That's all he said. Okay. About an hour passes. The doorbell rings. Wife goes to answer the door. I'm sitting on the couch. Just enjoy. I'm not talking. I'm not trying to ingratiate myself in the conversation. I'm I'm soaking all this, this knowledge and, and history in. And I'm sitting there like a little kid. Old girl is asking me shit. Like, you... You enjoy it? Hell yeah, I'm enjoying myself. Who walks in? No other than Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray walks in, thick mustache and all. He come in loud. What the hell going on in here? I'm like, oh shit, that's Eddie Murray. I'm thinking to myself. I turn and look at old girl. I say, do you know who that is? She was like, uh-uh. I said, that's Eddie Murray. She was like, oh, okay. Like, she's not impressed. One wasn't bit. She's not impressed. I'm like, oh, shit. He come over. And the dude said, what's going on with you, young man? Eddie. I'm like, nice to meet you. You know, Mike. I want to be like, nigga, I know who you are. But I'm just like, right, nice to meet you, Mike. So they talking for a minute. I mean, they're talking for a while. All of a sudden, they want to go like in this other room. So they're like, Mike, come on. Everybody got their drink. Them three and me. We go in this room. The walls are red. It's all these. It's so much history on these walls. Pictures, black and white pictures, trophies, um, award, all this shit. I'm like, God damn. So we in there. I'm just listening. I'm not saying shit. Finally. Eddie Murray looks, he says, hey, you a baseball fan? So I tell him, I said, when I was a kid, I was a huge baseball fan. I said, I, I keep up with it a little bit. Who's your favorite player? Without hesitation. Don Mattingly. He say, what? I say, Don Mattingly, my favorite player ever. Eddie Murray looks at me and says, <laughs> Don Mattingly ain't shit. Thank you for being authentically you, Eddie. I'm out.